This episode is brought to you by Wormstop, your one-stop worm shop. Whether you need night crawlers for your fishing trip, tapeworms for weight loss, or parasitic body horror worms from outer space, Wormstop has you covered. And worms! <laughs> we have fun here. Just head over to wormy 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 worms.com and use code HMT at checkout to receive your free bucket of worm slime. Again, that's wormstop at wormy 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 worms.com. We got worms. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. An opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Go 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 go. also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. Wow, that didn't sound good. Hey, everybody, it's your favorite host with the most assists, Bryce Hansen and David Day. Oh, dear. From Horror Movie Talk. Uh, <laughs> is that a raincoat? Yes, it is. So if you're new to Horror Movie Talk, we review horror movies. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. Today, we're going to be reviewing... Can we call this a cult classic? It doesn't feel like it's mentioned enough. This is not the best horror movie in the world. This is just a tribute. Right. <laughs> we're reviewing... I could not stop singing that song yeah while watching this yeah it's it's definitely uh heavily borrows from several great horror movies. Oh, so we're talking about slither man james gunn's 2006 uh sure like um this is his first direct i think this is his directorial no no is this his I think this is his first writing, directing, like, this is his first big, his own project. Um, I know he wrote for Troma for a long time, all throughout the 90s. Um, I don't think it was his first credit, but you pull it up and tell me if I'm wrong. It's not his I know first. He's, I know he's written a bunch before, written, directed, it feels like there was, I saw something before this. I'm on it. Um, so, if you're new to horror movie talk... Um, you need to check out our community on all the social medias, but especially Facebook. Our Facebook group is facebook.com slash group horror movie talk. That's the most active uh, segment of our social media and lots of great people. We have just the best community of horror fans out of any podcast that you listen to. Um, our website is horrormovietalk.com. You'll find links to everything that you need to find there about the podcast. Um, we have a watch party every month on the second Saturday of the month. So if look at the calendar and see if it's close, go to our Facebook page. We'll have posts about that. Uh, David regularly is on our Twitch channel, uh, playing dead by daylight. Most of the time, twitch.tv slash horror movie talk. We post new episodes every Wednesday and would really appreciate it. If you would support us by leaving us a review and a score for the podcast, especially if it's a good one. Yeah. Not so much if it's bad. Um, if it's bad, just live your life. Yeah, just go you with know? God and know that we support you in your decision right. to not listen to us. Like we get and it. review us. Like, like we. So here's the thing. We understand that we're bad people, like, and that we, we don't need to be told that we're one star quality. Like we already know that. Consider we need to how be... much more negativity you're throwing into the world <laughs> that just doesn't need to be there. You know, uh, that you you become part of the problem when you leave a one-star review. Yeah, that hurts. It hurts my feelings, and, and I, I hope that you have a good life. Leave us a voicemail at 682-253-4468 for the normal voicemail, and then the anxiously and waiting, the, uh, the purpose of I feel, this voicemail is 252-228-4628. That's the bodily fluids exchange. I feel attacked. 
as though you're mounting a continuous attack against me. I'm just I'm and now just I'm just storing them up. Now I'm just now it's they're just mine. Okay. Um. So I was I was right. This is his directorial debut. Um. His theatrical directorial debut. He he directed a few shows and a short two shorts and um mm. for trauma. But he wrote and directed Slither, and this is his and this is his first his feature first, length dealy. Yeah, yeah. Not not only that, but he wrote and directed it, so it's really his baby, right? You know. Um, we'll get into our full review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of one to ten. One to one being a miserable dredge where it makes you angry. Five being an average film that hits all the expected marks, and ten being so good it transcends genre boundaries. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. Um, and then we'll be playing a game called Rotten Tomatoes Game. Oh, baby, thank you. James Gunn-themed Rotten Tomatoes Game. Why are we watching Slither today? Um, Well, several reasons. (laughs) Number one, it was voted by the patrons. There's oh, a, did it make it? Yeah, there's a certain level of of uh, patronage that allows you to suggest movies as a group and then vote on the suggestions as a group to determine one movie each month that we review. And this one in August. And we got sent from the goodness of his heart, one of our listeners, Scott. Um, Who's been the, the, the effort behind the vote, the voting. Yeah, Scott S., um, actually mailed us two copies of Blu-rays, the collector's edition uh, Scream Factory um, Blu-ray of Slither. And so that's, I mean, if you really want to influence what we're going to watch, that is one way. Won't guarantee you that we'll watch it, but we like free stuff. So, you know, we're not above bribes is what I'm saying. Wow, um, it did edge. It edged out Willie's Wonderland. I thought Willy's Wonderland was just going to win, and I was—I thought we were just reviewing this to like. No, no, it actually won. I'm honestly, I'm not super enthusiastic about watching Willy's Wonderland. Why? Just the red letter media guys didn't like it, and I trust their opinion. You're such a you're such a, a, a you're such a sucker for it's, whatever they say. I mean, it's not always a hundred percent the same, but like on movies that I'm on the edge of, I'm like. Okay, I trust whether they say it's worth it or not. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, I might it might win next month. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, it might be uh, SS Experiment Camp Two might win next month. You know, uh, Biggin's been uh, rallying, trying to rally people for us to, to watch the number twenty three. Yeah, with Jim Carrey, and I don't like that film. It's shitty. <laughs> bad have you seen that no it's, well, it's awful it's dumb yeah, i thought it was about dr pepper <laughs> they're 23 ingredients yeah um okay so um, bugsy has been trying to get us to watch trolls two troll two for well in halloween four yeah that's he's it. gonna get his wish on one of those yeah he is um okay so by a slim margin we watched this because of patron and it slithered into my heart is this the first time you've seen this? First time I've watched it. Yeah. Wow! I've seen I've seen like the significant clips from it, or at least one significant clip from it. Um, but this is the first time I watched the whole thing. Yeah. Here is the trailer. Throughout the years, these classic horror films had one thing in common. Universal Pictures comes a film so shocking. Uh, we've got a real problem here. So disgusting. Don't let him in your mouth! It will change the face of horror. They're doing things to people, turning them into some kind of monsters. How's everybody's evening? Good? Good. wrong with me 
Sabrina, don't okay. just stare at it. Eat it. <laughs> that's apropos. Yeah. That's really good. Okay, so... Yeah, Slither can be found on Tubi for free with ads at this time, at the time of this recording. So go check out if it's on Tubi or not on Tubi. Um, Slither tells the story of a loving husband trying to have sex with his wife by any means possible. (laughs) He discovers a lot about himself and makes a lot of friends along the way. Actually, it's about a parasitic worm that arrives from space to terrorize a small town in South Carolina. The worm inserts itself into a sexually frustrated local businessman and multiplies until it takes over the, over most of the townspeople. Along the way, a ragtag group of townspeople join together to fight back against the slithering invasion. You know, Michael Rooker was just... I guess you could say I just want to have a meaningful relationship with someone special. He's just looking for a meaningful relationship. <laughs> right. Uh, Slither is written and directed by James Gunn uh, before he got canceled, then uncanceled by Disney. His style. It's funny sh- how you can't cancel talent. <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, wow, he's just tremendously talented. Oh, I don't know. I feel like there's. Well, do you, uh, I don't want to get into it. Do you know? Do you know what he did? It's like tweets from like more than a decade before he attended, that were kind of he attended a uh a one of these trauma parties or one of these kind of like uh-huh. fucking supremely tasteless tasteless you know this is just his deal you know he the dude cut his teeth for ten years writing for trauma right and uh and he's just heavily involved in that culture. Yeah. And uh and he went to one of these incest parties or whatever they are where half the people go as priests and the uh, not incest but uh but pedophile parties. Uh-huh. Where half the people dress up as priests and the other half dress up as little kids. Mm-hmm. And so that's I mean who of us haven't done that? Right. Who has it like when was I, I was at one last night. You were like, "Hey, can we watch this new movie?" I was like, "I got an incest party I got to go to." Pedo party. Pedo party. I'm sorry. I, I get them mixed up. Well, yeah, I mean the incest parties are on Thursdays. Right. I'm like, "What?" So, um you step, can't cancel me cuz I'm too talented. Stepro, what are you doing? Um so yeah, it's it's uh He's uh, he's problematic, but not so problematic that we can't have him direct 20 million more superhero movies. His style shows here with just the right amount of humor and winking at the audience. It was obviously a love letter to the horror genre as it imitates about a dozen other horror classics such as The Thing, Society, The Blob, Rat's Night of Terror, (laughs) and Star Wars The Phantom Menace. (laughs) The cast is great, the premise is fun, and the story is well executed. It drags at some points, but it has some genuinely great scenes and set pieces that overshadow any momentary boredom. And it's not too long of a show. It's no. an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, more than anything, this is a fun ride and probably deserves more attention than it gets. Like, I'm surprised I don't hear about it more. Like, it's a pretty... Especially from 2006. Like, that's coming out of some of the worst... Kind of one of the worst eras of horror movies. Thirteen Ghosts, Ghost Ship, Event Horizon. Uh, you know, yeah. like uh, a wrong turn. Uh, you know, just garbage. not not the best. Yeah, like era, and this one almost deserves to be right up next to um, Cabin in the Woods in terms of like meta. not not quite as meta, not quite, but it's definitely like a love letter to it's just a the tribute. genre yeah, yeah it, this is this is not the best horror movie in the world this is a tribute right though. big top big time and you know i think i think the thing where you're you know you're, you're expressing some like why isn't this you know i feel like james gunn is capable of really really turning it up to 11 and mm-hmm. i don't think i've ever seen it because i've never watched any of his trauma efforts um any of his writing in i don't watch trauma movies Mm -hmm. just i just don't i just haven't don't say that because then there's going to be a campaign to get us to watch some Uh, now you did it now you did it look at you look at you just inadvertently doing the thing that i 
Anyway, so there was an accident. Uh, yeah. Well, you got that right. He. Uh, I just feel like none of his, like all of his movies, just teeter on this edge of being like really inappropriate. And this is by far the most in his directorial like uh, efforts. But still, could, I feel like he could have gone harder, and he didn't. And if he had, this would hold a place th- that place that you're referring to. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a chosen color. You know, it's like he definitely wanted to go towards like more of the small town incident type movie than the over the top crazy, even with like the over the top crazy scenes in it. Um, There's so many choices in this that are so clearly a tribute, you know, like the casting of Michael Rooker, um, just so many of the set pieces, so much of the. Uh, so much of the, the, so many of the characters that are like these tropey kind of man. I, I feel like James Gunn has like a a cast that he just loves because there's a couple people that are in a lot of his movies. Michael Rooker is in this and all the Guardians movies. Yeah, I guess so, Nathan huh? Fillion was in this and like the PG porn shorts that he did and. uh uh, most recently in the Suicide Squad movie, Nathan oh, Fillion was yeah. in that. Nathan Fillion was in that. Yeah. Nathan Fillion is one of these guys who gets so much love. Oh, he's, did you know? He's very lovable. Did you know that James Gunn has an uncredited writing credit? Yeah, I, I was going to get that thirteen to the, in the spoilers. Ghosts. Yeah. So probably any of the jokes that landed, he probably had a hand in it. Right, right. whoever wrote the main bulk of 13 Ghosts, I don't trust to actually know how to write a joke, Mm-mm. in my opinion. Um, so I think it's a great movie. Um, I give it a score of 7 out of 10. Didn't blow me away, but it's definitely a you-should-see-the-movie kind yeah. of movie. Yeah, I no, I this is right on right on the money. Same same for me, about a 7. It's um I remember I remember watching it the first time and being like, god damn, like it a few of these parts are just so so nasty, you know, that that you just can't help but just recoil and be like, "Oh, wow." Yeah. But so much of the rest of it is like is like comfy filler, you know, uh-huh. like just like, you know, small town nostalgia feels that um it does it doesn't really try to be huge um and and as a result it it's a tribute you know like it just feels like a tribute to a lot of the best horror movies ever made so yes you know it's also stands as a tribute to a lot of great horror films and pray tell occult themes and death metal and and alternative music. What? Our sponsor, Night Channels. Oh, Night Channels. Nightchannels.com. It's the website where you can find some of the coolest tees and hoodies of designs that you're not going to see anywhere else, especially for horror movie fans. There's just a lot of really great and some really obscure... Deep cut designs. Deep cut designs yeah. that you're going to find there and nowhere else. And like I said before, like, they just uh, started carrying like a kind of higher quality T-shirt level. So if you want something, you know, a little softer to rub against your nips, um, you can you can upgrade. Yeah. To their whatever it's called, not the. It's some sort of canvas. Yeah. Uh, canvas material. And then. And uh, they got red. They got all the colors: red, black, <laughs> green, blue. They probably have yellow and white. And lots of different options and for a big guy like me i like that they have extended sizes and it's very affordable it's not like you know they're obscure niche tees but it's not going to be like a 40 dollar t-shirt it's it's uh right in line with what you'd expect but we have good news for you listener if you use code hmt at checkout that's h m t for horror movie talk at checkout you get 13 13 13 percent off your entire order that's it's crazy and you know you mentioned uh, a big part of this movie tri- tribute is to society the 1987 88 movie uh that's just has a fucking yeah bonkers ending 
and they just added a society uh, print uh, to their to their catalog of ever expanding catalog of horror movies. So if you do one thing, just go over there and browse nightchannels.com. I guarantee you will find something that you like. If only it's the models of the tees. Clothe your whole family. Yeah. Yeah. Code HMT at checkout. Um, if you don't enjoy listening to commercials, you should know that at a certain Patreon tier, you get early access to episodes right as we edit them without ads. We'll skip right to the spoiler section. So don't come at me. Come at me with money. Also, go to our store at horrormovietalk.com slash shop, and then you can find our tees with no discount, but the coolest design, designed logo, and we got stickers and other stuff there. Check it out. Um, because our artist, Dustin Goble, is awesome, and he creates all those designs, and you can own those, but guess what? You can ask Dustin directly. Yeah to get you custom artwork um contact him at dgobel 0 on instagram that's at d-g-o-e-b-e-l-0-0 on instagram and make your artistic dreams dreams come drew call us at 682-253-4468 to leave us voicemail and you might hear your voice on an upcoming episode of horror movie talk thanks again let's get into spoilers Blah. Looking for a podcast? Fuck. Are you? Spoiler, 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 spoiler. I drank too much coffee and, um, whoo, I'm... I didn't drink any coffee. I am tripping balls. Really? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm having palpitations. (laughs) I'm going to have to get some after after this episode between the afterpod. James Gunn. Okay, so you mentioned some of the things that I already wanted to talk about. He wrote Dawn of the Dead, uh, the the remake. Yeah, the 2004 If they have a good person. Sorry. He uh, is an uncredited additional writer for 13 Ghosts and is like the superhero movie par excellence for like the last decade. So writing the... The Guardians of the Galaxy movies and the upcoming third one. These are like, honestly, out of all the Marvel movies, the Guardians are some of the most beloved. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. And they're great. Yeah, and, and and let's not forget the way he he segued into superhero movies with Super. Right. Which is a, a comic book adaptation that he wrote. He wrote the adaptation. Mm. Um, came from a comic book. Uh, but... I've never seen it. Oh, it great. I've heard it was good though. Yeah, it's it's a it's a lot of fun. Uh yeah, he did Super, uh Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Guardians of the Galaxy Inferno, which is their short, and then Suicide Squad. Yeah, the Suicide Squad just came out like most of which he wrote and directed. Yeah. Yeah. The Suicide Squad is like I mean I did not like the first Suicide Squad. And James Gunn, well, he didn't have he didn't James, have anything to do with the first. No, one. I know, like James Gunn version of it. You can stand it up, like against each other, and you're like, oh, this is the good one, right? Because James Gunn wrote it and directed it. Yeah. Although I've heard people say they don't like it very much. <sighs> I mean, it's not like it's it's the most fantastic movie, but it's a lot of fun. Did you watch it? Yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's on HBO. It has that wrestler in it, right? The uh, guy who's willing to oh, get John peace. Cena. Yeah, who's willing to get peace by, <laughs> by any means possible. <laughs> get what now? Get, I'm I'm looking for world peace and I'll kill anyone who stands in my way right, yeah. <laughs> to get it. Yeah. There's yeah, the he's a good director, a good writer, and uh this is the first uh, example of that. And he's beloved by the people he works with. Right. He's he's beloved. And this movie has a great cast. We already mentioned Michael Rooker, Nathan Fillion, Elizabeth Banks is in it. And they're all like, they're all like post the movies that I first know them, right. knew them from. So it was after Firefly, um, after 40-Year-Old Virgin. 
Um, See, this is before for me for Elizabeth Banks, who I always remember from Zack and Mary make a porno. Oh, really? Yeah, that's where I know her from. Uh, I don't have any nostalgia for that movie. Uh, for me, it's Pitch Perfect. Okay, I, I've, I, I, it sounds like a, a musical of some variety. Yeah, she actually Ugh. directed the second one. I don't know if she directed the first one, but. So, anyways, there it's a it's a really good cast. Um, not like a list celebrities, but it's really well cast for the parts. Um, so the starts out with an alien meteor falling from space, and there's goo in it, as alien meteors are wont to have. And there's then it features coming hev- coming those balls. Yeah, there's coming those balls, and it features heavily as like a major plot point, which I found very interesting. As a married person, uh, married sex, which is Michael, poor Michael Rook, Rooker. Dude, he, Michael he just Rooker wanted- looking fucking cut yeah. up, dude. This this dude, holy shit, I'd sleep with him. Like, he, I, I had no idea what he was hiding beneath his clothes. It's just like cum gutters and everything, dude. <laughs> so he just wants to have sex with his wife, Elizabeth Banks, and she's like, no. And that's where this all started. Let's just go back to that. No. None of this would have happened if Elizabeth Banks just had sex with Michael Rooker. No. And a lot of problems in marriage wouldn't happen if you just have sex. Just saying. You know, just do what you're supposed to do. On the other hand, on the other hand, Bryce, do what you're supposed to do. I like that um so Michael Rooker's character goes off in a huff. And you're you're thinking like, okay, well, he's going to go cheat on his wife because he's an asshole. And it kind of subverts those expectations. It's not because in a movie like this, you're like, okay, they're making this character do a bad thing so you don't feel bad when they die. Like, that's what I thought they were setting up. But in the moment where, like, the girl is making a movie, he's like, no, I got to go home. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, there are redeemable qualities of this guy. Oh, He's not a bad evil person right and uh, and then he gets attacked by these worms and he becomes like the catalyst for all the chaos that comes afterwards yeah he's he is the uh the epicenter for for the alien invasion right he's the first host so the worms go up into his brain and then he starts um he gets an insatiable desire to eat meat mm-hmm. he's he, yeah he's <laughs> and their refrigerator is stocked chock full of steaks and ground beef and ground pork and bologna even like oscar meyer bologna just like right. and he just uh, just takes it all yeah part of the it was very uh it was very impressive very nice very nice very impressive part of the charm of the movie is is the setting which is kind of it's a fictional small country town in south carolina and it starts out with like some kind of Tim and Eric-esque, you know, extras uh-huh. that it focuses a little too long on. You're like, close to exploitation at this point. But it really sets you up as like, these are, you know, the salt of the earth, real, you know. Who are you talking about specifically? The townspeople. So are we talking about the mayor? No, just in general. I mean, if you like go to back to like the beginning, the before they get to like the cast cast. It's just kind of like scanning across the town and oh, seeing okay. kind of I see. weird looking and I mean there's weird looking and funny people in the in the main cast too but in general it's trying to set it up as you know this is a town this is a town little town yeah. close knit um and it's fun seeing like random people in this like Pam yeah in the office. Pam and her Pam Pams. Mm-hmm. And the story is, is, is pretty much Grant, uh, Michael Rooker's character, is being driven by this alien. He He's gradually mutating into this weird-looking um, like tentacle monster. Yeah. What, what kind of animal wants you to eat it? What kind of thing would want you to eat it? Yeah, these... Yeah. these... And then he, he, he gets the girl that he was going almost going to cheat with, and he infects her but she's going to be like the queen of all these 
yeah. little wormies that invade the town. And that's like the standout scene from the movie is when they stumble across her being kept in this barn and Grant has been feeding her meat upon meat upon meat. And she's literally just filled the barn and it's like a balloon with a face. It's so vile. Stubby hands. It's hilarious at one moment, but then it, it, it like crosses the line of depravity uh, real quickly when she's like, she's like, I'm, oh, is she talking to Nathan Fillion? She's like, I'm so hungry. Please, can you just, can you just give me a piece of that possum down there? Right. Just a little piece. And he's like, it's just vile. And then she starts moving and her skin starts separating yeah. in spots. And you're just like, oh, this is. The true terror is stretch marks. Oh, it takes this weird turn into just the. And uh, she just makes you feel really grody. Yeah. She pops. Ugh. And all the worms like flood. And, and that's the start of everything. Um, along the way, Elizabeth Banks character, the wife is kind of oblivious to what's going on. And then she stumbles on and like kind of notices. Well, obviously her husband's face is starting to turn into a grotesque boil monster. Yeah. Um, but also she stumbles into this basement that he had locked off and turns out it's completely filled with rotting animal carcasses, mm. like all the lost dogs and cats oh, that have yeah. been gone in the town. And this one almost pulled me out. I'm like, well, how would she not smell an entire basement of, of rotting, rotting carcasses? Yeah. Well, you know. And this is another example of them borrowing from a great horror movie. Which one? I'm talking about The Evil Within. Do you remember oh, yeah. that that featured a basement full of rotting animal carcasses? And it was the impetus for the stench that was in the house to elicit this reaction from a police officer? You smell that? Retard stank. Interesting. Interesting point. I'm going to just bring this up. I was dropping my girl off at her daycare and um, and the uh, the woman who watches my child introduced me to another father who is there dropping his child off. And she's like, oh, you are both writers. You should talk. And I was like, you know, OK, all right. I don't want to talk about what I do, especially with a stranger. And I'm just like, uh, you know, I, I'm not a really a ride. You know, I'm like, you know, it's so weird to be like introed as a ride. And he goes, he, she goes, he, he has a podcast about horror movies. And now I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, please, no, please. I don't want to talk about this. And he's like, oh, really? You know, I'm in this 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 movie club here in the town that we live in. And uh, have you heard of this? You might have heard of this movie. Uh, the Evil Within. You know, John Paul Getty's Grants. I was like, yeah, we reviewed that. Wow, this is crazy. Like, and then he brought up some other movie, some other obscure movie that I was like, yeah. oh, Butt Boy. He was like, have you seen Butt Boy? I hear that this is a real shot. And I was like, what's happening? Did we just become best friends? <laughs> it was very strange because he pulls out two of the deepest cut movies that we've Yeah, that's done. Wow, that's obscure. I almost wonder if he's listening to the I show. Felt, I felt seen. I'm like, wait a minute. I felt seen, big feel, time. feel like he might be a secret listener. He's like, I'm going to impress them with my well, deep cut knowledge. Apparently, there's a movie group that is either, uh, that's watching these on their own accord or being influenced by us, but mm. either way, shout out to whoever this movie group is in Vancouver, Washington. <laughs> wow, that... The Evil Within is the most... That's that's bizarre that yeah. anyone would even know that the movie exists. Yeah, like Dead Night is maybe the only more the only movie more obscure than that. Did you think I'm retarded? My need to engage in homicidal behavior on a massive scale cannot be corrected, but uh, I have no other way to fulfill my needs. Okay. Um, the other scene, other than the, the girl explosion is the bathtub scene, which is heavily featured in the trailer and the poster. And that was a super effective scene, too. We're like... A little eh. sperm swimming through this tub. Yeah. 
And it's very, you realize like, oh, that's, I don't know, maybe, maybe Freud would have something to say this, say about this to me. But I realize like that does look kind of phallic in shape, like the way it tapers at the front. I'm like, hmm, that's probably a little intentional. It looked, it looks like a sperm to me. Well, okay. I guess it's all the same thing. It's right? all the same thing. Yeah. It, We're all thinking about dicks and cum. It's impressive. Well, yeah. Um, it's impressive how how gross you can the the level of grossness, the level of um, gnarly uh, implication you can get just by making something out of gelatin and pretending to have it crawl down your throat. Right. Like it's such a simple, super disturbing. It's such a simple, easy thing for an actor to do is act like they're being choked by a gelatinous thing. Uh-huh. Oh, 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 it's trying to get into my mouth. I mean, <laughs> porn actors do it all the time, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, right, um, <laughs> right, right, right. Um, Let's go on for more ten more minutes imitating. and uh and so but the level of like it's a pretty low low barrier to entry to to do that you know it didn't cost a lot but every time one of these things jumps into somebody's mouth i'm like oh (laughs) (laughs) it kind of makes me want to throw up right now um and then her running away from from all the worms, uh, I really liked the uh, the shot with her in the SUV with like the worms covering it, and you see like the shadows cover her in that SUV. I thought yeah. that was like a really great shot. Yeah, it's a great shot, and and I like a lot of what Gunn does. He, he and you feel the trauma seeping th- the trauma seeping uh-huh. through. Specifically in that bathtub scene. Before that bathtub scene, he sets up this family, right? As like this super wholesome family. Hey, girls, time to go to bed. Oh, mom, can I read just one more page of my book? No, sweetie. You know what tomorrow is? It's, I know, mom, it's family fun day. Okay, go to sleep. And their older sister's in that bathtub. And then she's getting choked out by a Mm -hmm. sperm. Mm-hmm. And then she runs into the room where her sisters are asleep, you know, getting ready for family fun day tomorrow. And they're fucking dead. Um, and it's just like such a like wholesome to totally gnarly out right. juxtaposition that um, that you feel that like that weird trauma gross vibe. Yeah. There's lots of great little moments in this movie. One of my favorite was the uh, Mr. Pib moment. Oh with, yeah, with the mayor in the car, and he like yeah. checks the the cooler. And he's like, "God damn it, your secretary didn't leave my Mister Pib. It's the only soda I like." He calls it a Coke. The only Coke. The that only I Coke like. I like. And he's like, "I, you know, my town overrun with aliens and meteors and people turning into tentacle monsters, and I don't got my fucking Mister Pib." <laughs> and Fillion's like, "God damn it, what? Are you serious right now?" I mean, who hasn't felt that though? Yeah, it's a good point. It's like, how much more can go wrong? Uh huh. Um, but it brings up like that specifically when he called the soda Coke, Coke. Yeah. It's the only kind of Coke I drink. This kind of, this is a thing. If you're not familiar, if you're from outside of the country, you can tell where somebody's from. If you're familiar with the dialect they mm-hmm. use to refer to soft drinks, mm-hmm. some people say soft drinks, some say soda, some say Coke, some say Coke for as a as a yeah, as a soft as a soft drink, right? And that just covers yeah. the, everything. As and a, others people say pop pop. What do you call them? Um, I think I say soda. I used to say pop a lot though. I say soda. I think we're in like the kind of gray area with this. I think soda and pop are pretty close, neck and neck in this area. We're in the soda belt. <laughs> I have it's been it's been ages since I've had a soft drink or right. soda. Uh, so and I and I don't see many people drinking them as much anymore around here. Yeah. Around these parts. I love that like one of the main themes is the lengths that this guy will go to fuck his wife. <laughs> like he he's got the entire town infected infected and at one point like they capture Elizabeth Banks 
And instead of infecting her, they like lay her down on the bed, clean her up gently, you know, yeah. wipe the worm goop goop off of her, dress her in a really nice slip. Yeah. Which can I just say underappreciated how hot slips are? Yeah. Just like it doesn't take much. No. Yeah. Just, just drape something over those nice curves. Yeah. Hey, baby. And uh, it's all so that even as a tentacle monster that has resorbed half of a town of people. Become a, a singular entity, a consciousness. Grant really just wants one last lay. Yeah, he's like, it's pretty thick. <laughs> and um, he doesn't get it. I love the the other moment is the grenade fake out. Yeah. This is one of those moments where it's like, I can't remember what the famous playwright or whatever, where it's, he says like, if you have a gun on the mantle in the first act, it has to be shot by the third act, you know? Right. Like something has to happen with the item that's powerful. And like in the first act, they are gathering their guns and there's this lone grenade in the cabinet. Hey boss, we going to get to use that grenade yet? He's like, no, not yet. No. And then it gets to the point where like, okay, all this of the is town a, is one giant meat monster. Yeah, just straight out of society. The, right. The ending scene in society mirrored in this. Yeah, literally like resorbing people and like just butts. Yeah. And like arms and yeah. And it all also looks like they're all vaguely coming at the same time. Yeah, yeah. they're all making cum sounds. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh. And uh, it's been a while since we had some horror porn. So Nathan Fillion finally takes out the grenade. He's like, "Oh, well, this is going to be the beginning," and then it just it tumbles into the pool and explodes in the pool. It it's ends, just such a great fake out. And it ends up being used in the same way that it was originally intended to be used as a as a, uh, a, a something to be dropped into the water. That's they confiscated oh, right, it. Right. They some they confiscated it from someone who was going to use it to fish. Right. And so they dropped it into the pool and it ended up exploding like a depth charge. Same thing. So let's go through this list real quick of the homages that we see in this movie. So the two most obvious ones are the thing in society. Yeah. Like the thing is very much like the same thing. It's like infected yeah. entity turning people into monsters. Right. Body horror. Is monsters. somebody? Are they? Who? Who's? Who's really the thing? Who's not? Right. Right. You know, who's? And then society. This would be, is, the ending was literally just the same thing. It's so gross. Um, zombie movies in general, just like pick your take your pick. Oh yeah, of just like the infected town kind of wandering towards people. Such a cool concept too. Like such a cool spin on the normal zombie movie because. All of these things have a hive mind. You know, Michael Rooker is the, you know, is, is um, what do you call it? Uh, the patient zero uh-huh. of the whole thing. And so they all kind of, anybody who's infected with these worms, they all have a hive mind. And a cool, like just a cool aside, like the backstory to all these worms is like they go and invade planets and right. they do this. On a galactic scale, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. And if you get one of these, you're going to have visions of all the other... Yeah, you're going to have all hives. the memories of all the... It's basically the Borg. Right, of all the other societies that uh-huh. they've conquered. Yeah. And and so they get these weird aliens imagery in their mind, flashing through their mind, memories from conquering previous civilizations. But the zombie people all move as like a, a flock. Uh-huh. Because they have a hive mind. Right. So if if they see you, if one of them sees you, you've just been seen by the whole hive. Kind of cool, yeah. cool different uh, take on zombies. Other movies, I haven't seen The Blob, but I think a big part of this is like it's in a small town. I think The Blob kind of oh, takes yeah. place in a small town. Yeah. Um, rats, I mentioned. I'm interested it's in It's actually this. Night of more, Terror. Yeah, Night of Terror, mostly just because there's things on the ground crawling at you I oh can't, yeah sure there's got to be other examples but i couldn't think of any other than rats like um, what's a good example of like little tiny creatures swarming ghoulies yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's okay let me oh oh like arachnophobia sure, yeah 
Bingo. There you go. Yeah. And then finally, Star Wars The Phantom Menace. Now this I'm interested in. Go ahead. Because at the end, when Anakin blows up the control ship, all of the droids fall down. Fall down. <gasps> so they blew up the control ship, which was Michael Rooker. Right. And then all of the zombies fell down. When you think Michael Rooker, where, what's the movie that you go, that's Michael Rooker? Well, now it's Henry. It's same for me. When what, what was it before Henry? Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer is a supremely fucked up horror movie if you have not seen it. Um, before that, it would have been The Walking Dead. Let me think. He, he was a character on, he was like the, kind of the main bad guy in the season one and maybe two of The Walking Dead. Um, and then just in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, he was um, Yondu. Yondo. Yondo, yeah. That's who he's most widely acclaimed right. uh, for. Well, but he's such a workhouse actor. He's in so many things. It's just like he's that guy. I mean, right. like, what do you associate William H. Macy with? It's like, right. I don't know. He's he's William H. Macy. He's in a ton of stuff. You know, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer was his second acting credit. Yeah. Uh, and his, fir- his first uh, lead. Um, yeah, and it shows you like how much that <laughs> affected his career. I, I wonder what Michael Rooker's, um, what he would have to say about kind of being typecast as an asshole <laughs> in a lot of these movies. Yeah, like he's well, kind you of, make your living on it. You oh yeah, I'm sure he's I'm sure like, he's yeah, happy to do it. But I wonder how close you know the actual character of Michael Rooker is to like kind of the rural yeah. Um, hillbilly, rough, yeah, you know, kind of not hillbilly, but yeah, kind of, kind of redneck, yeah, sort of, sort, sort of just uh, good old boy. Yeah, it feels yeah. like every one of his characters also has like a just an element of like, um, menace. Listen to this run from ninety one to ninety five, and I'm just going to name the big ones that I recognize: JFK. Uh, cliffhanger, Tombstone, and then Mallrats <laughs> in 95. Yeah, just a, yeah, a real working man's yeah. actor. Um, and he's great. He's great at, at everything he touches. Um, and, you know, he was in Tremors, the TV series. So, oh, there you go. Big deal, 2003. Um... The last thing um, before their the monster is blown up with a grenade, they get a spike into Nathan Fillion, and and the way that they blow him up is that Nathan Fillion puts the other spike on a on a propane tank. Yeah, and then that's what blows him up. But I love that the spike in him doesn't do anything but just jizz inside of him from, from all appearances. Yeah. He like takes it out and there's all this like worm come leaking Ugh. out of his wound. Yeah, this movie is a lot of like dick and fart jokes. Right, like just brimming with cum. Not not super subtle like imagery around sex. No, it's all very uh, surface level. It's all just very You're like a big dirty raccoon, David. Just very front and center, like ew, ew. <laughs> Ew, David. Ew, no, David. Lots of Oh, my ew. God. Ew, David. Yeah. So it's really good. It's really fun. Um, and kind of an amalgamation of a lot of the, the best body horror and creature feature movies. Um, held in high regard. Yeah, held in high regard. Um, I just never see it on, on lists. You know, I never see it on, like, our horror people mention it. Yeah. I see it much, much worse... Dude, after we watched Thirteen Ghosts, good lord, there was like three posts on our horror about how great Thirteen Ghosts was. We got, I got to release that soon because it's real timely because of HBO. It's just come yeah. out on HBO, so everybody watched it. Right? It was, it got, it got that, it got that, uh, that, that front, bump. that front card display. Mm, you know, it got yeah. like, it got a, it got a front. It was like front and center. Hey, here's the new, what's new on HBO, and it got like the title card. I feel like I'm gaslit because all these people say that they love it with a passion. I'm like, how? 
Well, this is this is why we're able to have a bit on this show called Like I grew up bad reviews for good movies. I grew up in that time. Like that was my time that I was a teenager where you like bad things. And if you had watched that, maybe you'd have been one of them. I would have hated it. Yeah, you would have. Yeah. Cuz I watched like was it The Haunting? The Liam Neeson one? Yeah. That was trash. Like, I, I saw movies exactly like this, and I was like, these are bad. Bad movies. Ew. Uh, anyways. Okay, let's move on. Okay, so final recommendations. Who should see this? I, I mean, you know, this is a, this is a sit at home on a cold night mm. with a cup of cocoa and just have fun with it, you know? There you go. This is a big time, just feel good slash gross out. Yeah. Um, goofy, silly, fun I feel like this would be a good transition movie for someone that's started getting convinced to watch horror movies and are like in the fun horror comedy. Right. And then this could transition them into accepting more extreme stuff. Yeah. Because it's fun. It's it's fun and funny, but also it's got legit like disturbing body horror in it. Yeah. Lots of body horror. Not Nothing in the way of scares so much, really. Yeah. Um, your next step... This this gave birth to Cabin in the Woods, right? So like, your next step in both seriousness and uh, and and uh, meta commentary is Cabin in the Woods. See, I think that would come before this. Like, that's a pretty general. Like, I feel like anyone could watch Cabin in the Woods. Oh, really? Just like off the street, huh? Not being into. Hort. I feel di- I feel the opposite about. It. I feel mm. this comes first and then that because I feel like Cabin in the Woods potentially wouldn't exist without this. Uh, so yeah, much. That's this fair. Is, but anyway, either way, it's. I think they they go hand in hand. Okay, let's move on to our game, the Rotten Tomatoes game. We have James a, Gunn version. Oh yeah, we, we do, do have, have an intro Tomatoes. clip. Do you have it handy? I don't. I don't even have it. I don't. Think. Uh, let me. Let me check. Let me see. My- <laughs> Rotten. Rotten. I can't adjust the volume on the mixer. That sucks. Anyways, that's what the game is called. (laughs) Attack of the Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, so this is James Gunn themed. So it's going to be James Gunn's movies pitted against each other. So you have to tell me which one is higher. Higher on the critic score? Higher on the critic score. Okay. No cheating. Steven! Some of these he just wrote. Some of them... He wrote and directed. Okay. Okay, so I got to tell you which one scores higher. Right. Okay. Okay. Round one. Okay. Fight. 13 Ghosts, Oof. which we just mentioned, or Tromeo and Juliet. Oh, man. What? I can't even tell what kind of critic would be reviewing Tromeo and Juliet. <laughs> Like, does Troma have their own critics that they sick on movies? You know, like, this doesn't se- this does not seem fair. In the internet age, you know, hmm. these things get discovered. Ouch, David. Ouch, David. Uh, they're both, I, I've never seen Tromeo and Juliet, but I have seen 13 Ghosts, and it's garbage. Truly garbage. I, I don't like that movie. I'm going to give it to Tromeo and Juliet because I hope, I hope it's better. Wrong. (laughs) I kind of knew. I kind of knew. Yeah, actually, Tromeo and Juliet doesn't have a critic score. Well, that's not fair. So that's just nothing. Well, then it could be higher. No, because they didn't watch it. Well, it it can't be lower. So that's a zero. It can't be lower either. You know what? Technically, it would be 50%. Because it's neither positive nor negative. So you're actually right. I'm going to give you that one. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> All right. Okay. N- next, uh, these are both written by James Gunn. Scooby-Doo versus Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. <laughs> is this a James Gunn thing or is this a Matthew Lillard thing? Uh, uh, I don't think he was in Tromeo Juliet. But. No, but he was in all. He was in three of the other yeah. four movies named. Uh, 
I Scooby Doo's gotta have uh, have a, a Scooby Doo spawned a bunch of other Scooby Doo. Are you doing okay? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say Scooby Doo over mm. Scooby Doo Two. Better than Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed. They unleashed the monsters. It could be the rare occasion where the sequel is better than the first, but I don't see that happening. You are correct. Correct. Scooby-Doo has a score of 30%. Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed, 22%. It's not that far off, and they both suck. Um, He's been compared to Elvis Costello. (laughs) All right. Now we're getting to the good ones. Mm. <laughs> we have Dawn of the Dead. Oh, 2004 remake. Versus The Suicide Squad from this year. Wow, this is tough. One he just wrote, Suicide Squad, he wrote and directed. This is an awkward pairing, so that tells me they're very close to each other. Uh, I'm going to go with Dawn of the Dead because it has the benefit of having been out for many years and being reviewed a lot. And it's solid strategy. Yeah. Is it, is it going to pay off? No. Oh, Dawn of the Dead is 76%. The Suicide Squad is 91% right now. What? I've heard so many bad things. Well, yeah, from stupid, like... Whoa, hey, Bugsy reviewed it very poorly. Snyder cut people. They're like, mm, Zack Snyder, I want his dick. Wait. This is kind of like that ilk of, like, let's show it edgy and have, like, a bunch of edgy songs that have nothing to do with the movie. I don't I don't understand. Uh, Did you your... see the first one? The first Suicide Squad? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I And that was it. Snyder? No, but it's it's basically his, his style. Yeah, yeah. It was okay. You know, it was a very, just very middle of the road. Like, it didn't, it was not impressive at all. Yeah, I, I don't think it's horrible, but I don't think it's, like, even average. There's a lot of stuff where it's like, what? Like, this is so, it felt so underdeveloped. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, it's hard for me to even see anything other than Harley Quinn in that movie. I'm just like, yeah. I only have eyes for you. Tell well, you know. Okay, next is his highest money-making movies. Guardian of the Galaxy versus Guardian of the Galaxy 2. Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, so... One and two. Guardians of the Galaxy was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Guardians Galaxy 2 was so much fun. Yeah. Uh, this is What's my I I'm 2 I'm 2 for 3 right now. Uh-huh. Oh man. Uh, this is tough. This is real tough. Uh you said already that the sequels are worse than the original. Yeah, but I think I think in this case the the sequel is even better than the original uh, in in my opinion i remember very specifically going to see guardians 2 with carrie and walking out being like i didn't think you could get better than the first uh, yeah. on first viewing they're they're all very kind of weak movies on second viewing uh-huh. like it's rough but the first viewing on these were so enjoyable and fun i'm going to say this the second one just because i remember that feeling of being like wow wow Two for two. You are wrong. Oh, dang. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was 92%. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was 85%. Pretty close. Pretty close. I don't know why you wouldn't, why they wouldn't like the f- second one more than the first one. I don't know. It, I feels, had a, it feels like the se- I like the second one a little better, too. I think there's a rule where you have to write the second one as shittier. Mm. Listen, I cannot understand you. It's crazy. You're a fool. I can't cope with the stupid bitching. Understand? (laughs) Okay, last one. The tiebreaker. Couldn't have planned it better. Is Super versus the Belko experiment. Can you... Do you know what the Belko experiment is? It's the one where... uh, People seem to like it. Like, it's the one where... I saw the trailer where they get locked into an office building and they have to like kill each other or something, or one person has to be killed every whatever minutes. Oh, see, because I get it mixed up in my mind with Sergeant Bilko, <laughs> uh-huh. right? With Steve Martin. <laughs> no, that's the remake. Uh, but but sure, that one too. <laughs> uh, yeah, the hover tank. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, so I did see Super. I didn't see the Belco experiment. Uh, I really had a, a blast at Super. I can't imagine the Belco experiment being better um, or more beloved. Uh, so I'm going to say Super. This is the tiebreaker. You are wrong. Oh, darn. I lost. Super is 49% and the Belco experiment is 54%. It's very close. Your compliment was sufficient, Lewis. Both rotten. Both aren't good, apparently. Really? I mean, Maybe I think I'm rotten, not remembering this. I, no, I guess certified fresh is 60%. Um, so they're not rotten, per se. Am I thinking about Super? Am I? Am I? Am I is that the movie? Yeah, with I'm... Rain Wilson. No, maybe that wasn't the movie I was... Yeah, Elliot Page. Yeah. And Liv yeah. Tyler. Yeah, wow. Kevin Bacon. God damn. Woo! And Michael Rooker. Woo! And Sean Gunn stars in the movie. Not stars, but he's he's part of, part of the movie. Anywho. Wow. Cool. Okay, well, I lost, so I hope y'all did better. There you go. Thank you so much for joining us on this version of... Rotten Tomatoes game, and thank you for listening in. Please share the podcast with a friend. That's the way we grow. And consider joining our Patreon and supporting us directly with your cash. With your sweet, hot money. And we've got some great perks. I don't want to undersell, like, if you like the podcast, like, you get a lot of value from... The patron. Oh yeah, especially stuff. if you put it up against other Patreon accounts. Like I, pff, I, I don't know. You, you you guys tell me, but I, I I've I've become a patron of of a couple different things over the years, and we definitely put out a lot of content for the cash that you give us. So yeah, um, and it goes to support the show. We are hoping to turn this into a venture where we can you know one day quit our jobs and support our family. So if you'd like to help us do that, um, a page, becoming a patron is a great way to do so. And it's just a couple of it's like the cost of a cup of coffee once a month. Uh, yeah. So consider helping us out there. Special thanks to Scott for sending us Blu-ray copies of Slither. And uh, this episode is dedicated to Scott. Yes. Yeah. But by by virtue of him like diligently trying for months and finally succeeding uh-huh. on getting us to review Slither. All right, everyone. If you want to leave us a voicemail, the number is 682-253-4468. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye. We love you. Bye. Looking for a podcast full of burps and gas, perverted casts, skinny and fat? Look no further. Horror movie talk is accidentally funny, begs to donate money, fake sponsors for dummies, and so much more. New episodes every hump day. They'll pickle your dickle for foreplay. Patreon members have it your way. Vote for a movie every month for the review. Chopa chopper, don't just stare at it, eat it like a taco. Put your tongue through the phone, hoodie Picasso. Look at them hot kids, swear not a pedo. Got me too with Cosby eating jello. Pudding pop done, gave Bryce flatulence. Train addict, addict Dave does it. Give a shit. One through ten, is it horrible or excellent? Oil me up, daddy is dinner rum. Ten kids, Bryce Hansen. Look at them hot kids, Chris Henson. Masturbate with a crucifix, exorcist. Face huggers, chest bursters, alien. Linda Blair, Pete, also Gorney Weaver. I know it's true, cause it came from social media. Patrick Bateman can't understand you. Stab you to death for rotten apple reviews. Opinionated podcaster with a doctorate. Spook allergy, doctor of philosophy. Bad gastritis, knee colostomy. Turn Patreons into human centipedes. David Doobie Day, scare no, no expert. A global fucks hard, professional sex expert. Afterpods, taglines, and porno flicks. American Psycho, them guys pretty sick. Chopper, chopper, don't just stare at it, eat it like a taco. Put your tongue through the phone, hoodie Picasso. Look at them hot kids, swear not a pedo. Got me too with Cosby eating jello. Pudding pop done, gave Bryce flatulence. Train addict, addict Dave does it. Give a shit. One through ten, is it horrible or excellent? Oil me up, daddy is dinner rubs. Nothing good happens in the woods.
over Portland, Oregon, and Oregon's Corona, COVID, Curse, Lorona, Green River Killer, because reasons, hallway of poop monster kids screaming, ain't your ordinary dingleberry itinerary, 30 day shutter and jump scares, they fucking scary, time for the spoilers with jokes and tropes, use their white socks to catch their loads, to show them one titty, pretty, Paganism, you should worship. They Teflon dicks. Pacific Northwest, let them see one breast. Shifty ass, stay spooky. Poor man's digress. Bugsy. HMT. Horror movie talk. Hold on, they don't like Halloween. Fuck them.